Sword and Board. I'm Luke. And I'm Lars. This is two guys talking about every fantasy movie ever made. Uh, it has been a while, Lars. How are you doing? I am a little under the weather today. Hopefully can knock out whatever this is with some rest and some Earl Grey tea. I've got my Captain Picard Star Trek mug. <laughs> I've got my Earl Grey. I got, I've gotten to the point where I say to my kettle, tea, hot, Earl Grey. That's where I'm at right now. That's how I'm doing. Nice. Lucas, how are you doing? I am okay. <laughs> Still living through the shattered hellscape of 2020, you know. Um, There's been some bright, brighter yeah, spots towards the end. Yes, but at the same time, it's it's still you know extremely up in the air. But I am okay. We decided this time around to go back to just talking about dragons. Go back to our roots. <laughs> you know, we, we had kind of been bouncing around the quasi-fantasy, kind of fantasy-adjacent. Let's, let's make no bones about it. This is going to be a dragon episode. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we talking about first? Um, let's talk about the one that was the most forgettable. Yep. And not this is not the worst one that we watched of the three, in my opinion. No, absolutely not. This is a solid number two, whereas the worst one we watched was a solid number two. Um, <laughs> heyo. Uh, but what we watched is on Amazon Prime. It's Dawn of the Dragon Slayer. This was profoundly forgettable. It was about, it was fine, you know? Like, it wasn't... It was a... Yeah, it was a solid little movie. A to B plot of it. Because that was something I had a problem with. Like, I was watching it, and I'm like, okay, all right, it's... As far as I can tell, there is a farm boy, a dragon attacks his farm. His dad sends him to go live with a rich person right before he dies. Falls in love with the rich person's magic daughter. He has to fight the evil prince, and then the dragon comes back. And he has to save the day and, yeah. and defeat the dragon. That's basically it. I don't know. There were some things that elevated it for me. It was real locations mm-hmm. and sets. It wasn't just them with a, a green screen mm-hmm. behind them. Like They were actually in castles and like out in the fields and in caves and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when they're on the cliffs that was pretty cool yeah at the end it is a very simple movie mm-hmm. but simple's not bad if it's told well and i thought this one was was told pretty well um it, it had it was better than when you look at like it's, it's one of those things when, you, when you're staring at the the abyss of what's on streaming services if there's just so much content out there right right and often you have to base it on that little thumbnail that that changes depending <laughs> on on and what you're viewing. Right. And this one looked terrible. And mm-hmm. it's called Dawn of the Dragon Slayer. And it's like, it's couched next to like these hor- other horrible, you know, not even asylum level movies. Sci-fi channel originals. Yeah. Right. And then, so the fact that it was watchable and it had a story that you could follow and the good guy wins in the end and he gets the girl. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. It tried a lot harder. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, this actually, like they were acting in it. Mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, no, there, there was rather convincingly. Yeah, no, it was pretty. Like I was, I was, imp- I was pleasantly impressed, and that was. It's one of the things we've talked about multiple times on this is that one of the worst things with perfectly adequate good movies. I don't have a lot to say about. Like this was good. The one thing I did like about it was that the dragon didn't look like every other CGI dragon we've seen. It had that weird, mm-hmm. almost like catfish head. It had a weird head, and like all the other movies that we watched today, the flying around dragon parts mm-hmm. were better than the up-close attack yes. parts. I'll even say that for the best movie that we watched, mm-hmm. the flying around dragon was better when the dragon was on the ground. Mm-hmm. 
it just, it just looked better. So for me, this one, it fell in that same trap where flying around looked pretty good. When you got a little closer to it, eh, yeah. that kind of fell apart. Don't you swing a broadsword with two hands? I mean, I suppose you Or is that a samurai sword? Well, it depends on, on how you're fighting, I, I guess. There's actually, like, a lot of... Oh, I saw you were supposed to swing it with two hands. Oh, I don't know. Well, I, can, I guess with... Yeah, like, with I don't know. I just thought you were supposed to swing with two hands. With longer swords, there were... There's uh, a lot of um, evidence to suggest that there was a portion midway up the blade that wasn't sharp, so you could use it as a stabbing spear. And so you would, depending on how you're fighting, you would use it in a mm. variety of different ways, so it wouldn't probably be unheard of to use it as a one-handed weapon. At the same time, though, you're probably going to want the power of two hands. Gotcha. This is going to be the quickest review of a movie. Uh, I would I'd, I'd recommend it. It's fine. Um, go see it. If if you're scrolling through and looking for a dragon movie, you're going to find a lot better, and you're going to find a whole yep. lot worse. Like Aragon. There's the worst. Um, so what was funny is when you suggested that, I had actually just picked up the book. And the book's not bad. Like, it's, it's YA literature. It's very... Um, the book is... The book series has been I've heard people talk about it as it's Star Wars of the Rings and that's very yes. apparent in the book series. The movie you want to talk about it a boring movie the like the first hour and a half nothing happens. A to B plot, a young Luke Skywalker finds a dragon, a uh, dragon egg and is being hunted by the emperor and they have adventures with an el- with a much younger Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I mean, this was Star Wars, which, and to be fair, Star Wars was Hidden Fortress and a bunch of other things, right? So, like, the the hero's journey is not emblematic of Star Wars. George Lucas didn't invent that story arc. However, this was Star Wars. This was Star Wars. (laughs) This was the, I mean, it it followed that story arc in the way that Star Wars followed that story arc. And it was the, the books. They're not the most elegantly written things in the world, but they're they're fine. Like I'm enjoying them, but it's so boring and no one cares. And it's what's funny is, so John Malkovich plays Galbatorix, the bat, the the emperor. You know, for, the like two scene, for like two scenes. For like two scenes. Galbatorix, and uh, he actually doesn't show up in the first book at all, or the second. He's just there, and they added him in to be stuff. And it's yeah, I like Gary Oldman's fine, but. That's not how he reads in the books, and Gary. If that wasn't Gary Oldman. I'm sorry, not Gary about. Oldman. Um, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. Thank you. That, that's the. So it was. So okay, Jeremy Irons. Okay, Alec Guinness was a classically trained actor. Mm-hmm. He was in Bridge on the River Kwai. He was in. I think he was in Lawrence of Arabia. He's in Cromwell. He, 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 he was in He was um, the spy who came from from the cold. I mean, he's he is a classically trained actor. He was nominated for an Oscar for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I put Malkovich and Jeremy Irons up on that par of classically trained actors. Uh, Jeremy Irons is, a, is a, an Academy Award winning thespian. Malkovich. Has been nominated. Like he, he, they are actors. Yeah. Like they are good actors. Why doesn't this work for them? Is it the material? I'd say it's the material. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's definitely the material. But even still, like, it's got to be the material because this is part of that wave of we need to get every YA property possible to cash in on Harry Potter, and that was a huge wave. Because and this was seemed perfectly suited to that because start the prequel trilogy has wrapped up. Lord of the Rings has wrapped up, and and Harry Potter is still mid uh, midway, so it's that perfect sweet spot. And if you had something there that could have been more, then it would have worked. But you want you're talking about how 
in the first in, in Dawn of the Dragon's Lair, it's all got in actual locations. There's not green screens. Nothing in that in Aragon felt real. Like they were all sets, but they all felt fake and not like fake. And I'm watching a movie. Fake in a this doesn't look right. But and we've seen examples of things looking like sets and it works like Prince Valiant yes the castle that's a set but you're still it, it works for it because it it, it it fits with the time period it fits with the kind of movie it is it's a cool looking set you know there's a lot of people in it so I know it's a set but I'm not it, taken out of it exactly. it doesn't take me out of the movie the sets in this thing took me out of the movie the whole time. I felt like there was so much that they just skip over, and this is very much a movie based on a book. In a book, you have the time and the ability to world build, mm -hmm. right? Like, you can kind of go into this. So, in a movie, you kind of have to do it visually, and you have to do it quickly. Yep. And some things really do it well. Star Wars obviously built the world very well with just visuals. Mm -hmm. You know, there was not a huge expedition. You know, the only ex exposition dump that you have in Star Wars is that you have a three-paragraph crawl. Yep. And then you have... Here's the story. And, and Obi-Wan explaining why the Empire is bad. But even that is... And, who, and, and, and of him of his sadness yeah yep. so and then like even things like willow mm -hmm. there's a quick little here's what's going on there's a bad person they're trying to kill all the babies yeah Harry, you know, bam you got it mm -hmm. highlander bam we look yeah. got it <laughs> quick you know and and so it, it's it doesn't do that so instead the, the central relationship with Aragon and his who's what's the dragon's name? Sephira. Yeah, whatever. So, well, um, so that's that's a, that's not developed, I, in my opinion. Well, no, like in but the thing, like in the book, you know how how she hatches and she flies up in the space and she's immediately fully grown. Yeah, that's a seven month sequence in the book um, mm -hmm. where she actually grows and they talk and Aragon finds the name Sephira in another book and thinks it's beautiful and he names her that and it turns out that that was Brahm's dragon. Mm. And so it's a lot more poignant that he named her that cause, because it's more of a connection. It's not just, oh, my name's Sephira. I'm five month, I have a five-minute-old dragon that's infinitely powerful. Kind of. Right. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it was... I think one of the worst parts about it was, like, the book's not bad. Like, it's not, a, it's not stellar writing. It's not stellar, mm -hmm. you know, literature. But it's an enjoyable read for the most part. And I just don't... It was funny. Um, Aragon's uh, uncle, his adopted father, Uncle Owen, mm -hmm. um, that's Torkil from uh, Krull. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah yep. Yeah. Well, I think here, here, here's the thing. Like, I really didn't know what who the bad guys were. Yep. Like, what they were doing. And I wrote down that... Repetition in these kinds of movies, in fantasy movies and in sci-fi movies, especially if it's it's you're trying to build a series, and this mm -hmm. is clearly what they were trying to do. Yes, repetition. That is what's important. So in Star Wars, we hear Empire, 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 Rebels, Rebels, Rebels. It's simple. Mm -hmm. We know who is who. Harry Potter, he who must not be named. He who must, you know. Yeah. We get it. He's the bad guy. Lord of the Rings, you know. Sauron. 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 Yeah, we the ring. We get it. Um. So that helps build the importance of not only whose side is who, but the like the stakes. I don't know. I don't get what John Makovich's ultimate goal is. Yeah. It's it's other than just being bad. Right. And so they uh yeah he he is. 
an evil, he's a Jedi who turned to the dark side. He killed the rest of the Jedi. Like, that's that's sort of the, the thing. And he's kind mm-hmm. of immortal because he lives because he's bonded to a dragon. Okay? Like, yeah, he, he has no... I want to know what his paycheck was. Yeah. You know, like, that's, that's the thing, like... Oh, well, I, I suffer without my stone. Do not prolong my suffering. Yeah. That's like the one of the first lines he says, and I was like, Jesus, this is going to be a long one if it's going to be dialogue like this. So I, I, I will defend to my death the Super Mario Brothers movie, but um, mm-hmm. Dennis Hopper in it, his kids asked him why he took the movie, and he said, mm-hmm. and his, and he said well, you guys need to choose. And his, his children said, uh, well, we didn't need them that badly. <laughs> Perfect. So... How, what, what was, yeah, I, I don't get it. What, why did he take the, the role of, yeah, I was just disappointed the whole time. Like, I was bored. I was actively bored the entire time. And Which like, you shouldn't be in a movie about a kid that finds a dragon and he's bonded to the dragon and gets to fly around on a dragon. Yeah. That sounds like it should be awesome. Right. And it's, <laughs> like, that, that scene when he first goes flying with, with her. It was just, okay, I mean, that's, that should have been, like, a huge emotional crest, and I'm just like, all right, you, you haven't done anything interesting with this. Right. Yeah, and, and, and this, all, all the stuff that we're talking about is very clearly why, it's, it's the inheritance cycle, right? Yeah. Like, there's, like, four books, mm-hmm. why they didn't adapt the other ones. Yeah, like, it, it did not it, do well, and it did not... They just didn't do well with it, either. Yeah. Yeah, so, bleh. The Shining Spot. Yes. Which is not surprising because Matthew McConaughey's in it, and I dig me some Matthew McConaughey. Dig me some Christian from, Bale. Di- from, from way back, Dazed and Confused, all the way through his bumbling in the rom-com universe to more dramatic, serious fare. Just seems like a really cool guy. Christian Bale seems like kind of a dick, but is also a great actor. Reign of Fire. Oh. When was when was this when was this made? I want to say it was 2000, 2004, I think. Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Wow. It still looks good. Yeah, it looks really good. So I have a question. We watched a movie mm-hmm. that for a while sat at the bottom, Dwarves of Dragon Mountain. This is a movie that has no dwarves in it. This is somehow a more dwarven movie than Dwarves of Dragon Mountain. Because they're all, yeah. They live they're, underground, yeah. they use axes, they all have righteous beards, and the plot is... They're all the plot sooty. Is, they're all sooty. Dirty. The plot is, yeah, the plot is kicked off by man's hubris digging too deep and finding something buried. Yeah, I mean, that. that's, I mean, the, the movie is London present day and the Borg Queen, Borg Queen um, Alex, Alex Creed is doing some sort of like big dig project or whatever yeah. and find and, and awakens dragons that have been dormant and the dragons come out and it skips ahead like 15, 20 years or whatever Yeah, and it's 2020 the, 2020 now so it was present day in 20, oh, 2002 now it's 2020 no, Which, no, no, I mean, it, 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 it jumps to 2020. I mean, does it actually jump yes, to 2020? it actually jumps to 2020. Honestly, I would have taken the dragon world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but So it jumps to 2020, looking remarkably like what it does today, minus the, world, the dragons. Yeah, but world on fire. World on fire. But dragons have basically decimated the world. They have 
burned everything. They're eating, you know, humanity is on its last legs. We tried to kill them. I think it, I think it's implied that we nuked stuff and yeah. it, that made like the sky black and all that kind of stuff. And it follows a band of people that are trying just to just to survive, basically. Um, and that's led by Christian Bale. And then a ragtag group of Americans come in to they they believe they've got an, uh, the way to to kill off the dragons and hilarity ensues yeah <laughs> and 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 they have to go kill the dragons matthew mcconaughey is bald he sounds like he has breathed smoke for about 90 years yep <laughs> he's, he's awesome yeah. <laughs> it i don't know a, man it, it does a really good job of building that world because there's the scene that has stuck out in my head for years is they're they've got all these kids in the they're doing like story time mm. and what are they acting out empire Star wars back. and it, with um gerard butler Gerard Butler's in it. I love that. I love that, too. Well, and that's, you know, I've always had a problem with, with, you know, movies in the future. And, like, you know, they all listen to classical music. They all, you know, they they all listen and act Hamlet and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Why didn't, on the Enterprise, anybody ever do, like... The Odd Couple, like yeah. a Neil Simon play, or like you know, you know, it doesn't even have to be trashy. Like, why don't you do a reading of that? But it was really funny that it's these guys and, and to entertain the children, they're performing Star Wars. Yeah, um, which is great. The scene that stuck out for me upon this rewatch, and it was the one that was I remembered when we just said, "Hey, let's go watch this movie." This one scene stuck out for me, and it was the best one still for me this time. So, what are they called? They're archangels, mm -hmm. and the archangels are basically they are these special troopers that will leap out of helicopters and act as bait for the dragons, and they try to catch dragons. Mm -hmm. I loved that scene. That was so awesome. They mm -hmm. they leap out of a plane. They're like falling. There's like you, they can see the dragons cutting through the sky. They're trying to catch them. It's, this is what these Americans do. I don't know. I, that just that to me was so cool. Yep. What, did you, what did you What did you think? <laughs> I, I it seemed in a lesser movie I would have gone oh come on, but in this ridiculous world it works so well. Mm -hmm. And that, that's the whole movie is that it, it makes no bones about that it is a little bit silly, but it also turns into it and it it doesn't, it it, it sort of accepts that it's insane. Mm -hmm. And something that, that we brought up on, there's a, there's a, something Victoria brought up with me is that, so they, they kill the dragon, they have the big party and Matthew McConaughey walks in and he chastises them for having that party because why, mm -hmm. why are you doing that? And if you look at him, he's crying. He's actually mm -hmm. crying because he lost three people. Mm-hmm. And like, all right, we killed one dragon, and for three of them, he has that thing about how you know we can at those odds we can do that in two hundred and forty years, right? And he's so it's like this was his one purpose, and he is so good at that one purpose. Mm -hmm. And there's this really great framing. Another thing she pointed out the after the the bull dragon attacks at the the mm -hmm. end. that is one thing that I was a little bit. Eh. About, I mean, that's that castle is in the north, but it takes them a while. It, it seems like they just hop on the road and head down to London in like an hour or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that that England is is relatively small and coming from the states that you know it can take a while to get places. Who knows? But they have that argument and the framing of like they talk about how he's you know like 
we're not, well, let's not lose our heads like they're an explosion, like there's an explosive kind of thing, and the framing of it. Christian Bale loads his his gun, which is chambered for I'm not making this up, five seven seven Tyrannosaur. That's the bullet the bullet that he uses. It is meant for taking down um, elephants and charging animals in Africa. It's a giant round called five seven seven Tyrannosaur, which is just awesome. Really? Yes, <laughs> it's just Very awesome. Cool. So he aims it at, um, like, the, the framing of it, that gun is aimed at his head. The way it's the shot, it's just a really cool shot, and they're talking about exploding, like, explosive tempers and head, and not losing their heads. It's surprisingly well shot, and it looks really good. It does, it has a very, his name's Rob Bowman. He directed a lot of X-Files episodes, and he directed the X-Files movie. So there, there's some scenes where it reminded me of X-Files. Mm-hmm. Like, just the look of it. It's very dark, which it makes sense because there's no electricity and everything's burnt out and it's just, everything's ash, which leads me to like, so of course, Christian Bell, they survive Mm -hmm. and and he ends up killing, they figure out that if you kill the big dragon, all the other dragons will go away. Yes. So they do that and it's like, at the end of it, we haven't seen a dragon in six months or whatever. How do you rebuild after that? They always talk about, we will rebuild, we'll get back. How? I mean, How do you do that? Well, with all the dragons dying and starving eventually, then they finally, like, I mean, slowly? Very slowly, yes. There's this there's this interesting book series called, um, I think it's called 1642. And the, the framing device of it is that this town in, in West Virginia, Grantville, just gets transported to 1642 Germany. The entire town just gets plopped in there. And hmm. it throws off everything because the relative tech level of a town from 2000 dropped 400 years in the past. And it becomes a center of learning because of their high school, because of the wealth of information at a high school library. Hmm. And it's just an, an interesting thing. And it, 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 I bring it up because there's still books, there's still, the knowledge is still there, they just have to find it. I mean, mm-hmm. it took a while to rebuild after fall of the Roman Empire, kind of, but there were still pockets of, there were still places around the world. We just have a Eurocentric view of things. Mm-hmm. So probably the most memorable thing of this entire movie, because it's the most ridiculous, because it's probably the coolest thing in the world. Matthew McConaughey climbs up to the top of the smokestack at the end of the movie, and he sees the bull dragon, and he sprints, and he jumps. Yep. <laughs> so someone did the math on that, and he um, he breaks every long jump rep- record that has ever existed by doing that jump, by like 10 feet. Perfect. <laughs> And he probably intended to just... He wasn't going to die. He was just going to go straight through him with the axe and come out on the other side. That's what he assumed. But yeah, this held up so well. Like, I was expecting it to be kind of like... I was a little bit dreading this one because I remember enjoying it so much and watching it and like I'm this is just as good as I thought it was do you agree with that that it's just as it's still kind of there's a little bit of cheese to it but I had I was blown away with how much it still held up yeah no me too I think this was one of those when we we started talking about this podcast this was one that I was like ooh that'll have to be on the list we have to watch Ring Mm -hmm. of Fire I I remember seeing it I think we saw in the theater and then we probably watched it a couple other times but I can't I couldn't remember the last time I'd seen it. It's yeah. not one that like that was it more is on TV a bunch or whatever. No, but it was it was a really solid movie. It was good action. Okay, so here's the difference between this one and the one we just talked about. Mm-hmm. It took time to develop the characters. It took time for you to care about them. And again, in a fantasy movie, if you care about the people in fantastical, crazy, weird, nonsensical kind of roll your eyes, ridiculous situations, you go with it because you want them to be okay in the end. And so then when you know Gerard Butler makes his sacrifice and say you know he slams the door and saves 
everybody. You care about that. Yeah. And you care about Christian Bale losing his best friend. You want them to succeed. There's actual stakes because you care about the, the characters and you understand what's going on. And it was simple. It was... <laughs> We have to kill this thing, so this thing will go away. But you know, it, it's very, very simple. I don't know. I, I really, I dug it. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. And I, um, it's one of those. It's a the elevator pitch for this dragons in modern times. Like this is a this is an an asylum premise done right. This is like with with money about, behind it, and we don't get many movies like that. We don't we don't get people who actually try with an asylum with it with an asylum premise. And you send them that that's your goal. Like if you have money. Money, yeah, I would like do, to do an asylum do, premise. Would do do it well. <laughs> yeah, like the only time, like I can think of two off the top of my head that are, that did it well, and it's this and Pacific Rim. Yes, like, and Correct. I would love to know other ones. I would love to see if anyone out there can think of another asylum style movie that actually was done well in a big picture. Please drop us a line about that. Yeah, you know what? what what's a good good asylum premise that was done entertainingly and right. done well? Hmm. Yeah, I have to think about that one. Mm-hmm. Where did these movies rank, Lucas? So, Aragon was not as viscerally uncomfortable as Lord of the Elves. That's where I'm putting it. Because Dwarves of Dragon Mountain, at least it didn't have... At least it didn't make me upset about a bad adaptation. Right. That one That one made me feel bad that we were watching it. Yep. That's the only thing for me, honestly, at this point, from putting it all the way at the bottom. Because, like... Seriously? I, oh, my... I think I would have preferred to watch Dwarves of Dragon Mountain because there wasn't a least it wasn't a movie that I had seen before and I have seen Aragon it's Star Wars it's Lord of the Rings and it's I've read that and there's so much potential for better there Mm. where would you say I mean I'm gonna say it's bad I mean I didn't think it was Deathstalker bad but (laughs) I don't know to your point I mean it it was it was nonsense and I and at least yeah I could see it at least above it's above the Steven Seagal movie yeah it's not above the Hobbit movie yeah. It's not up on five Arbings. Against the Dark is garbage. Yep. This was garbage with a budget. So <laughs> okay. it had a budget. Yeah. Okay. I can I can Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Can I you... can accept okay. that. Okay. Okay. Dawn, Dawn of the, the Dragon Slayer. Solidly in the middle of the pack. <laughs> yeah. I would uh, looking at it, I would say probably between um it's a little bit it's a not quite as good as the one warrior, but it was mm-hmm. slightly better than the season of the witch. I'm I'm good with that. Yep. And scroll on towards the top. <laughs> yeah, I want to say all the way up the top, but no. it's it's up there. As I said before, this is an extremely dwarven movie. This is also a better dragon slayer movie than dragon slayer. Yeah, but I like Solomon Kane better. Me too. Okay, I think I agree with that. All right, cool. So, Lars, where can we be found on the internet? We can be found on Twitter at Sword and Boardcast. We can be found on Instagram. We can be found in our homes. Still. Still. This is as great of news as it was that we have a vaccine out there now. Do the right thing. Don't go traveling for the holidays. Wear a mask. Be safe, please. Where else can they find? Oh, they can find us on all the uh, podcasting networks. Networks. Such as Stitcher and Podbean and Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Pandora and Smoke Signals and other various things. Our theme music, (laughs) Goblin Road Trip, was produced by Ryan Boyd. You can find them at Ryandroid on Twitter. Our artwork is done by Wes Forbes. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Tip your delivery drivers. And we will see you in 2021.